You're listening to the next phase of Cybersecurity Podcast. With this series, you can stay up to date with all the latest information and trends in the cybersecurity space by hearing from today's leading analysts, end users, and vendors so that you can be prepared for all scenarios to help protect your business. Hello and welcome to the next phase of Cybersecurity Podcast, an EM360 production. My name is Max Curtin, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's show. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcasting needs. Joining us in this week's episode is Sam Humphreys, who's the Head of EMEA Marketing and Security Strategy at Exabeam, and Phil Jackman, Director of Dynamo Northeast. In the spirit of CyberFest, Sam and Phil are here to share their thoughts on the impact of the mega networking event and the importance of growing interest in cybersecurity careers for the tech economy. So I'm very excited to have you both here on the show and to dive into our questions. But before we get to that, let's just have a little bit of background from, from both of you. So uh, Phil, would you mind just kicking us off with a bit of background on yourself and uh, Dynamo Northeast? Hello. Yeah, my name is Phil Jackman and I am a as a director of Dynamo Northeast, an organization that's working to build the tech sector uh, across the region. Uh, I also lead on Cyber North, which is the region's uh, cybersecurity cluster, positioning the region as a great place to deliver cybersecurity services. And CyberFest is part of our plan. Amazing stuff. And Sam, tell us about yourself and Exabeam. Awesome. So uh, you've given my hugely long job title, so I won't repeat <laughs> it. Uh, but yeah, so Exabeam, we're a security analytics company. We do SIM and XDR. I've been with the company a couple of years now, and I'm on year 22 in cybersecurity, so it's been a while. Um, and I am a happy accidental organizer of B-Sides Newcastle. Amazing. You've stayed in, you've held on into the cybersecurity industry. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so happy to have you both on here, happy to talk about this event, and there's a lot to kind of break down in terms of the discussion we're going to have. But Phil, I just wanted to start with you first of all i'm curious what is the current state of these kind of mega networking events that we we go to and we see and we attend and how does b-sides newcastle part of cyberfest really fit into that conversation well i love the word mega because mega can mean both big and great and i think uh, cyberfest is both besides is both mega and in terms of being big and great so what sets cyberfest apart though is that it's it's lasts a whole month first events on the 7th and the last events on the 30th, kind of something for everyone. It's not just about technology. It's about all aspects of cybersecurity. And it's really, CyberFest is really the A side, the B side, and that's great. So you said, where are they? Well, I think we're in a transition period. When the COVID struck overnight, we went from in-person to online events. But since then, I think there's been lots of Zoom fatigue. Everyone seems extremely busy. And there's a gradual movement back, I think, to in-person, though it's not straightforward. So quite a few people are still saying, well, actually, I'm quite happy just to stay online. So we're seeing the rise of hybrid events, I think, but they add a degree of complexity uh, because you've got to be both physically present and uh, online present. And that's quite a difficult thing to pull off at times. Not everybody wants to be there, but when you're online, you can dip in, you can dim out. But I must admit, I miss the contact. It's the networking I miss. Also, there's so much going on in September. I couldn't agree more. It's I think when obviously the pandemic hit and we were all told like we'll be doing events virtually, it was like, great, I don't have to travel and uh, go meet all these people anymore. But then as it dragged on, it was, I, I miss 
talking and doing interviews and, and meeting people and that kind of thing. So it is nice to see events back. And as you say, September is a busy month for it. So it's exciting to kind of be back into that space. And Sam, from your side, you're on the committee for B-Sides Newcastle and Exabeam are sponsoring it. So what kind of influenced these two decisions? So um, I said at the beginning, I'm a happy accidental organiser. Um, and the kind of one thing led to another. I contacted B-Sides Newcastle for us to sponsor them. Um, Exabeam are a, a big supporter of community style events like B-Sides. So we've, we've sponsored events all over the globe. And uh, I, I dropped them a line, asked for the sponsorship bureau in their first year of running, and they didn't have a brochure available. So I did a bit of digging and I was like, do you need some help? Because it turned out it was pretty much the brainchild of one guy, our amazing friend, Ben Doherty, who he just wanted to kick off a B-Sides. And, and that's, that's kind of how B-Sides grows. It started off in Vegas years ago, and now there are hundreds of B-Sides events all over the, the planet. Um, and just it takes a couple of people to say, hey, you know, let's let's go do this. Ben decided to try and do it on his own in something ridiculous like six weeks. <laughs> Organising an in-person event in six weeks is Impressive. quite a mean feat. Um, so, yeah, net net, I ended up helping. So it's it's nice. With This is the third year that Exabeam is sponsoring. Um, it's like, like I say, it's not the only B-Size that we sponsor. But um, it's nice. We'll have some of the team on site this time around because it's, it's going to be a hybrid event. So we've got a, a virtual booth in, and we're using something called GatherTown to do the virtual side of it, which is kind of nice because you can really interact with people. And it's not just, you know, a glorified set of webcasts. You can wander up to people in virtually in GatherTown and start having a chat. So it's a lovely platform. And then we've got the real life events um, at the lovely Helix in Newcastle. So um, as well as us having sponsorship there, I'm going to be running around um, doing some comparing as well and cat herding <laughs> and all those good things so yeah it's really exciting i cannot wait for us to get back in person we were virtual last year so to do the hybrid is really exciting excellent stuff it sounds like you guys are on it and you're prepared and you're you're ready to go and it's it's nothing like when you're at events and the organization once it all comes together and you can breathe a, a little sigh of relief once it's kind of all done yeah i'll, I'll be happy come <laughs> come saturday when we're done we've got a great team of volunteers as well i must do a quick shout out to those guys um we've got people helping virtually and physically uh, who we, without them we would not have an event yes yeah that's a, a very important shout out to mention because as you say everything needs to come together in order to make it work in terms of when we talk about cybersecurity, I kind of want to get both of your thoughts on this next question um and, and Phil I'll kind of kick off with you and we'll, we'll kind of go back and forth on it I was we were doing our research for this episode and we were kind of looking at how the space is evolving and how it's changing. And there was an article that was out in 2018 by the New York Times, and it was reporting this statistic that was claiming that there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs by the end of 2021. So as the ongoing rise in global cybercrime will only result in a continuous demand for cybersecurity roles, and seeing as we're in September already of 2021, I'm curious to know, what are your thoughts on this? Why is it important that the cybersecurity talent gap is closed? Phil, if I start with you. Yeah, I've, I've heard that statistic too, and I've used it many times in, the, <laughs> in my own talks. It's a $5 trillion annual market, but it's not just a technical thing, and I think we need to get away from just that. We need teachers, translators, communicators, strategists, planners, managers, designers, 
you name it, the industry needs all sorts of people to uh, to feed this monster. And again, it's not just crime. I think, uh, you know, people are careless with their data. Data gets leaked. There's international state terrorism. I suppose that's crime. There's just bad management practice. And there's sort of business reputation to manage. These are all and uh, many others that cybersecurity guards against. So it's, it's a bit like health and safety. So the management of business and personal risk. And it's vital that I think for the success of businesses going forward, they get a grip of this and that we have the right people to manage uh, businesses to do this. Excellent stuff. Sam, what do you think about all of this? It's an interesting one. Now, given I've got marketing in my job title, um, I am wary of statistics. <laughs> Wise. <laughs> I use them all the time. So I think, have we got 3.5 million unfilled roles right now in cybersecurity? I, I think, I mean, the, the industry moves so fast. So what was a prediction back, um, you know, in 2018 and the, the reality now, I think we have a skills gap for sure. Um, do we have unfilled roles or is that the real problem? Um, and my perspective is that I don't think it is the roles that's the issue. Um, I think we need to take a long, hard look at how we, how we do cybersecurity as, as um, and still now we see a lot of manual tasks happening, people not really embracing technology to the, the level that they should to be able to create um, the right environment for humans to, to work on the right things at the right time with the right information. Additionally, as we, you know, we've had this huge shift to the cloud in the last 18 months. You know, people were on their journeys anyway, and then COVID happened and boom, you know, that that forced the hand of many. So you know, if I was going into the industry now, I'd be looking at things like cloud security, like security automation as the skills that are going to be most vital in the success, you know, to kind of future ready your organization. If you're still thinking of doing things the same way you've done them for the last 15 years, I'm sorry about you, really, because, you know, you will be dealing with threats on a daily basis. And chances are you'll be seeing something catastrophic sooner rather than later if you haven't already done so. So I think the challenge we've got is being making sure people have got the right skills and that they've got the time to to learn within within paid hours. Uh, it's been a strange thing in cybersecurity for years that it's almost expected that you learn in your own time because you're just too busy during the day doing manual busy work for your employer to invest in you. That's created a different challenge as well around, I think, not just hiring, but retaining people. And if you're doing boring work and your employer doesn't invest in you and you can see you can get paid better somewhere else, potentially with included training as part of your job, it's not a really difficult decision. So I think this is bigger than just do we have the right skills in place? Do we have the right attitude to the people who work for us? To, to help grow them, grow their skills and give them an environment where they can really use their brains and not do essentially easy, busy work that computers are more than capable of doing. I couldn't agree more. I think it's a question of positioning cybersecurity as a fundamental um, risk management of the business. It's, you know, it's not a peripheral activity. It's a fundamental core activity of, of managing your business. 100% agree with both of you. It is we do not have enough time in the day, let alone this podcast, to break down, you know, the skills and what companies can be doing differently to not only retain talent, but improve them and help them within a reasonable set amount of time. Uh, Sam, I think you hit the nail on the head there of, you know, scaling up during work hours and not putting that pressure on outside in their own personal lives, which is where we see those dips happen. And it, it leads me nice on to my next question, because I'm 
obviously these events are very important for how we can help with this. But Phil, to start with you, what extent are these cybersecurity festivals, like Cyberfest, obviously, the key to kind of increasing that interest in cybersecurity careers and getting away with the ideas that we just spoke about? Absolutely. This is one of the main aspects of one of the main reasons to put on Cyberfest. Throughout the program, we're trying to cover a broad spectrum of cyber activities. Yeah. And then no disrespect to those people working at it, but we need to move cyber away from just a technical issue. Of course, there are huge technical roles and elements of cyber, but there are many other facets. So the industry needs all sorts of talents, as I've said before. We need to move away from some of the images and language surrounding it. Cyber is not just an IT issue. It's a business risk issue, admittedly with huge IT involvement, but all aspects of business and society just need to get a grip, I think. We're seeing more women enter the sector, but we need more. We need greater diversity so that the solutions that come out represent the society which we're trying to support. We need much more innovation. Because I think attack at this point is much easier than defense. And so we need a constant stream of new ideas to to accommodate that. So different solutions, I think, require different thinking from different experiences and different backgrounds. And that's why we continue to focus on geographical variety, subject variety. And this year, for example, we've events on the effect on children, the role of art in cyber, rural business, national strategy, building a business and innovation. It's a broad spectrum, a broad church. Exactly. It's There's so many different angles to come at this from it, it's not just a one position role it's not just a role for one set person the opportunities are endless when it comes to cybersecurity and the roles and the jobs that this can kind of create and events like this does bring that educational element to that and sam i kind of want to finish up with you here just to ask this dream scenario where we see this rise in the number of cybersecurity positions Every employer is treating the employees in the cyber sector fantastically. Everything's working out. How would that impact the tech economy kind of across the region? You know, I think security is such an enabler for innovation, for you know, for really pushing the boundaries of what we can do with technology. Um, unfortunately, you know, years years ago and, and still some to somewhat today, I think that if you use security as being an afterthought, then it's going to hold you back because you'll be spending time fixing things, dealing with issues. You know, a a big security flaw or a big breach can be really damaging from a reputation point of view as well. And in some cases, depending on what happens, it can be the end of your business, which means, you know, potentially the end of your innovation of whatever it was you were doing. So having security built into the you know, the risk posture the thought process um, to to really help drive innovation in a safe way will just help you know technology fly i think there's some really exciting things happening and if you start to look at you know some of the future predictions for technology i think softbank ceo said a few years ago that we by 2040 we'd have a thousand iot devices per human on average which may sound crazy and terrifying depending on how you want to look at it. I think that's really cool. But we need security as part of that because you know the 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 more innovation, the bigger the attack surface becomes, the harder it is to defend. You have to build it in from the beginning rather than sticking on at the end and think, well hey, you know, somebody else will look after this. They'll they'll put a, a perimeter around it. And you know, it's no shock the perimeter died some time ago. And it's you know it's it's everything everywhere everyone will, will be what we're charged to defend so it can't just be the defender's job it has to be like a thought process to drive innovation in a secure way 100 percent agree with all of that it is an industry that 
really never sleeps. It, it's not a case of we, we can take our time with this and see how we can improve it in the future. We all know how, how it works and how attacks come in and how frequent they are. And they're only become going to become more and more as we go forward. So having these kind of events and getting people interested and getting people involved and tackling these issues as a whole just makes life so much easier going forward and stops those threats, stop those bad actors in their track. So both of you, thank you for coming on and giving your your thoughts on today's podcast. It's been great hearing about your your insights and, and how you feel about the subject matter. I feel like the event's going to be a great success. It's in it's in fantastic hands. Before I let you go, if you both want to kind of plug your stuff of where people can get more information if they want to learn more, Phil, if I start with you. Yeah, three places to go, dynamonortheast.co.uk, or you can Twitter at NorthBiz. It's obviously on LinkedIn, etc. Or just hashtag CyberFest21, and you'll find everything you need to know. Amazing stuff, Phil. And Sam, same for you? Um, for us, you can head over to bsidesnewcastle.org. Um, we are at bsidesncl on Twitter. Um, and yeah, we're on LinkedIn and Facebook and all the other things too. Yeah, come along for B-Sides. Ticket starts from the bargain price of £0. So if, you know, it's, it's accessible to anyone, if they've got, you know, some way of connecting to the internet, you can come and join us. So please, it would be great to see you there. You can't get a better deal than that. Thank you again, both of you, for coming on today. And thank you, everyone, who took the time to listen to our episode. If you are looking for more information, obviously go to the links that uh, the guys just suggested there, as well as dynamonortheast.co.uk, and you can click on the events page, and it'll take you to all the information you will need. You can join the conversation with us on our LinkedIn and Twitter pages at Ian360. We'll, of course, be back soon with another fantastic podcast episode. But until then, thank you for joining us, and have a fantastic week. 